as we uh, begin kind of jumping into our Bible study, before we get there, I just had a few words I wanted to share with you. I don't know if you call them pastoral counsel or just kind of like state of life, but just a couple of things. One is, uh, so in our family time recently, we we're going through Psalm 92, and Psalm 92, one says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. And so we have, we're just tr trying to practice that at some level and just got convicted me. It's really easy to see uh, life changing and think about all that's different and all that's worse. And yet when you start and you recount all that God has given us, it's remarkable. And so the first thing I want to say is just take time in the midst of everything to thank God for who he is, for what he's done. A uh, second thing I want to say is stay informed, but do not consume too much news. I mean, it will, if, if the coronavirus doesn't get you, the news about it will. And I was just thinking, like, anxiety is something that can creep in in the middle of all this, and whether it's your phone, your television, they, they, like, the, the news isn't evil in and of itself. That's not what I'm saying. But if we consume too much of that, it can kind of become just almost this oppressive weight and just kind of weigh in on us. Like, there's this huge burden, and we can do nothing about it. So, stay informed, but don't consume too much news. And the third thing is don't waste your COVID-19. And by this, I mean, lean into Christ and his word. So if your life is one where you have more time to consume content information, and I'm waiting for that day, that day has not come yet for me, but I understand for a lot of people it has come. But if it's arrived for you, lean into God's word. Like, let that be what informs you as you walk through this uh, process. So we are back in Psalm 91. Let's pray and we'll get started. God, thanks so much for your word. I thank you that you are a refuge, a help, a fortress, a place where we can safely hide, someone we can lean into and a place we can trust. God, help us to do this and, and trust you with our whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to share with you here the uh, screen just to kind of uh, help you track into uh, where we are, where we've been. So we've been asking these three questions. What does it say to the original audience? What does it mean for us today? What does it teach us about God himself? What does it teach us about who we are? And then fifth, is there anything surprising here? And then this is our uh, third and final week here. We've looked at it in three sections of who God is, what God does. And now here we're going to be in the third section, this third movement in verses 14, 15, and 16. What is God's promise to us here? We see a, we'll see a couple things here. One is that our hope is that God's promises are rooted in God's character. So we're building now on everything that's come before. We've seen that God is a refuge. He's someone who delivers us from danger, whether it's something uh, unremarkable, something every day like stubbing our toe, or whether it's something extraordinary. God is our hope, and our promises are, his promises are rooted in his character. And therefore, when it comes to God's promise— when trouble comes, the Lord will walk with us through that trouble. When trouble comes, the Lord will walk with us through that trouble. So now if you'll follow along, I'll read verses 14, 15, and 16, Psalm 91. The Lord says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, as we start together here, I wanted to draw your attention to another Bible passage, and I think it'll help us understand Psalm 91. So if you have a copy of God's Word, go to 1 Samuel 
chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you don't know the, the story of Samuel here, this is a story about the birth of Samuel, his mother Hannah, as she uh, is uh, childless, praying for a child. The Lord hasn't yet blessed her with a child. And just track through here, and there's going to be a helpful illustration in what's going to, what we're going to see in Psalm 91. So if, you, if, you, if you're tracking through here, look in verse 5. We see that the Lord loved Hannah, but the Lord also had closed her womb. So, that, so the reason that she is unable to have children, actually, is because, because God is doing this. He's doing this in love. He loves her, and yet it's very painful to her. Well, as we see this story, we see her pain. Verse 10, we find her, she's deeply distressed. She's praying to the Lord, she's weeping, and she prays and says, God, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you and let him serve you all of his days. And so we have one of God's children in agony, in agony because of something the Lord has placed in her life. We don't really know all that he's doing specifically yet. Hannah doesn't. But God is doing something, but it's painful for Hannah. Well, then we don't have time to read through the whole thing, but if you track toward the end, in verse 19, we see the Lord remembers Hannah. God loves her. God took her through the circumstance. Now he remembers her. And then in verse 27, for this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Well, why did we spend that time tracking through that? Because a key promise in Psalm 91 is verse 15. When he calls to me, I will answer him. You see, God's promise is that God's children never walk through a trial alone. Now, Hannah was walking something through, through something that, that the Lord had brought about, and yet even in the midst of that trial, she could rest confident that she's not alone. So our hope is that God's promises are rooted in God's good character. If God is sovereign, if God is omnipotent, if God is almighty, the creator God, he is able to do anything but we must also trust God's goodness. And there are days we walk through life and it's tempting to doubt God's goodness, isn't it? You know, what we see here is that we hold fast to God in faith, or as verse 14 puts it, we hold fast to him in love. Because these promises, everything we've read about God's protection in Psalm 91 are for God's children who hold on to him, those who know his name. Now, if you think, you know, you can look on the screen here and you can see people's names. But some of these people, even if you didn't know their name, you would know them. What does knowing someone's name represent? It represents a meaningful, personal relationship. If you know someone's name, typically you know something about that person. Now, we live in kind of an information age where you can find out about people, uh, a lot of information without knowing the person. But this is demon it's, it's demonstrated there's this personal relationship. God protects those who are in this personal relationship with him people who genuinely pursue him in love, people who, who spend time with the Lord and who are devoted to him. And what does God promise? He promises that when we call, he will answer. If you think about uh, other stories in the Bible, God's children walk through trouble a lot of time. But God's ultimate promise is that when we are in trouble, he will be with us. Verse 15. So there are two things here. One, trouble will come. There's no getting around that. But secondly, when trouble comes, 
We who are God's children will never walk alone, and we never need to feel alone. God will always be with us, always walk through life with us. You see, trouble to God's children here in this earth is, is, is a small trouble. It's like a bee sting, unless you're deathly allergic. But if you're not deathly allergic, bee sting, it genuinely hurts. It genuinely brings pain, swelling, and discomfort. But it cannot ultimately harm you. It cannot ultimately destroy you. So in verse 16, when the Lord promises, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. It's a promise that trouble can hurt, but it can't ultimately destroy us. Because God has already set this in motion. Genesis 3, verse 15, the very beginning. When in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, the serpent comes and God pronounces a curse on the serpent. Verse 15, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. In other words, you can sting him, but you cannot destroy him. He is coming and he will destroy you. And so the promise of the cross, the trouble that Christ experienced at the cross, is so that any other trouble we experience is like a sting. It's like bruising your heel. It's like a bee sting. It's something that can bring pain, but it's only temporary. It cannot be ultimate. It cannot be eternal. Because for God's children, when trouble comes, the Lord will be with us. So this isn't a promise that we won't have trouble, but it is a promise that we will never suffer alone, even when we feel alone. God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us in that dark place by ourselves, even when the pesky bee stings of life come, and even when those stings seem kind of large, overwhelming, uh, worldwide, like a virus. And the ultimate fulfillment is that one day God will come back, he will restore all this, fix all this, and heal all this. So it's a promise for those who know the Lord, we never need to fear, because God is always with us, and God will ultimately deliver us from trouble. Well, I hope this time in Psalm 91 has been encouraging. Uh, next week, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm thinking about, uh, and we'll see if this changes, but I'm thinking about jumping into John 15, where, where Christ uses a metaphor to demonstrate how much we need him. What happens when God takes everything away and all we have left is Christ? Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Miss you. Uh, miss seeing you. Uh, we're praying for you and uh, looking forward to the opportunity to, to meet together again on Sunday. Like I did Sunday, I'm not going to just kind of terminate this right away in case anyone wants to say hi or, I don't know, laugh or, or see who's here. I see some kids up there that I know pretty well uh, in the E.L. Pegram family. Uh, I can see on the screen there. And the, the, the Horschels, my sister, a number of other people. So um, if, if there are uh, people you want to say hi to, I'm going I'm to turn the microphones on. So hopefully, hopefully you can do that if you'd like to take a minute to do that. But thanks so much for joining us. Have a great night.